0: To the word of God in honor to our man of God. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together for the Lord as our pastor comes? Come on, why don't you just shout hallelujah? Oh, praise God. Come on, make a joyful noise under the Lord. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many know that you will receive no more than you have an expectation to receive for? Amen. And you will receive no more than you make a way to receive. There was a man that gave instruction to dig ditches in a dry desert to feed or or to, to give water to a thirsty army. I wonder how many ditches they dug. Because as many ditches as they dug is how much water they got. And I would ask you today, how thirsty are you? Come on, how thirsty are you? If blind Bartimaeus on that day that Jesus came by just said, hey Jesus. He wouldn't have received one thing. But he said, Jesus, thou son of David. Have I woke you up yet? Have mercy on me. And them guys said, "You're acting crazy. Don't don't do like that." And the Bible said that he cried the more louder. Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Now let me tell you today: if you want a blessing, you got to get hold of it. If you need God to touch you and change your life, you got to get hold of Him today. God. Hallelujah. My, such a precious presence of God in this place. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. Aren't you? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for what we feel and what God has allowed us to partake in over the past several days. And I know that we're tired in body, but you know what? It's all right. I'm in the house of God. I don't know about you, but I need something from the Lord today. Praise God. Hallelujah. I refuse to let my body dictate to me what my spirit is going to receive. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I give honor to everyone that's gathered at Praise Temple Apostolic Church today. Amen. so good to be in church on Sunday morning, isn't it? Praise the Lord. No place I'd rather be than right here in the house of God. Praise the Lord. Now, everybody look at your neighbor. You're looking at them. Now don't look at them like you're mad at them. Don't look at them like you're tired of pastor telling you to look at your neighbor. But look at your neighbor and tell them, say, I don't know what you came to do. But I came to help the preacher preach this morning. Now look at your other neighbor. We're going to wake up this morning. and Tell them, say, I don't know what you came to do. But I came to praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hit that organ. That's it. Not like we're in a funeral. Let's play it like we're having church. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to have church today. I came to bless the Lord all my soul. oh that's within me. My God, I don't know about you. You get the Holy Ghost right now. You can, you can get your healing right now. God can deliver you from all of your trouble right now. Amen. What do you have faith to receive this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. After all the work that's been done and the services that have been had and the Holy Ghost has been poured out, Amen. I worked up here at the church till about 6 o'clock last night putting up drywall. Amen. Everybody said, you taking a day off? I said, I wished. But you know what? I made up in my mind today. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to tell you today if I can come in this place and shout unto the King of glory then I want you to know you can too. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I give honor again to Brother Brooks, Elder Brother Brooks. So glad, amen, that he and his group are here with us having church. Good to be having church with you this morning. Praise God. I'm excited about what God has in store. Praise the Lord you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms. Let's go to chapter 85, Psalms 85, and we're going to read, read verses 4 through 13. Praise God. Psalms 85, chapter 4 through 13. You have it, say amen. Amen. You didn't bring your Bible? Look up on the wall. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, turn us, O God, of our salvation and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? He's asking a lot of questions, isn't he? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant unto us thy salvation. And verse 8 said, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. In other words, he's saying, don't backslide. Y'all with me? Don't backslide. He said, but let them not return again to their folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. I'm not preaching this this morning, but I want to tell you today that I believe we need a good, healthy fear of God today. Amen. Amen. You want to know why we're going through what we're going through? Because people have lost their fear of God. The Bible goes on to say, Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that, which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and he shall set us in the ways of his steps. In verse 10, I want you to help me read this. That on the board. In verse 10, the Bible said, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I want to teach on this topic or preach on this this morning. When two strangers meet. Amen. When two strangers meet. Why don't we ask the Lord again to bless this word. God we love you today. I am so thankful of the anointing of God and the presence of God that is in this house. I thank you Lord that I know that you've already abided in the praises of your people. You've already ministered God as we've worshipped you and blessed you. But I know that you're not done in the house. I believe today God is a changing day and today is a resurrection day. God led us today to walk out of this place, God, with a greater understanding and a greater revelation of who you are, Lord, that we may worship you in the completeness, God, of your person. We ask you this today in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said amen. amen. Praise God. You can be seated today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In Exodus chapter 25, God speaks to Moses on Mount Sinai and he gives him instruction concerning the tabernacle in the wilderness. Does anybody know about the tabernacle? We've studied it fervently in this church. We've put examples out. The the, uh, high school classes has actually built some of the articles there in the tabernacle. In verse 8 there of Exodus, Amen. God said, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle. Everyone say pattern. pattern. Amen. Now let me tell you today that pattern is a blueprint. Amen. I remember my grandmother, she used to take and make dresses. When I was a child. I used to watch that precious lady. I was so afraid she was going to run a needle through her hand, going through that sewing machine. You know, she would get out that old pattern and put it down on some cloth, and she would cut out and she would sew it together. Amen. She, uh, the Bible said, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments, shall you make it? I want the church to remember this word. Pattern, because this is very important. Amen. Did you know that the church, amen, in our way of worship is, uh, uh, we are following a pattern that is in heaven. Did you know that? Hello? Y'all don't go to sleep on me now. Amen. I'll wake you up and preach all day. Amen. I want you to hear me today. In heaven, there are angels that are covering cherubim. And that have uh, six wings. They have two wings that cover their eyes. Amen. Why? Because the glory of God is so vibrant and powerful. That it's almost too powerful for the angels to look upon. Amen. And, and, and the Bible said and with two wings they cover their feet. Why? Because their feet are the lowliest part of their body. And they hide those low parts from the Lord. And then with two wings, they do fly. That's what the Bible said. And they say to one another, holy, 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 holy. Amen. Now, I don't know how fast or how slow they are saying it, But I know that throughout eternity, this chant has been going on from one to another. A proclamation of the holiness and the righteousness of God. As one angel says to another, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now let me tell us today, amen, when the church comes together and we lift our hands unto the Lord. I believe that there are angels that that are around this place and striving to understand the anointing power of the Holy Ghost. And I believe we the church ought to make a proclamation of holiness in our lives and in our worship. We ought to magnify him with everything that we have. We ought to glorify him with everything that we have. Why? Because he's a holy God. He's a holy God. He's a holy God. The Bible said whatever you do, do it with all your heart I want you to know I didn't come in here to give him leftover from a camp meeting I came in here to give him new praise and new glory and new honor why because he's holy he's holy he's holy he's holy he's holy he's holy oh my in him there is no variableness he is the originator of light hallelujah This was the pattern of Christ Jesus. The Lord goes on to say this, And they shall make an ark of Shidom wood. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. God was being very specific here concerning his dwelling place. How many know today the dwelling place of God? He said, I'm gonna dwell in a tabernacle not made with hands. Amen. How many know today that this is the tabernacle of God? And God has specific instructions concerning the tabernacle of God. I believe today that we ought to offer a holy God, we ought to, we we ought to offer him holy worship. A righteous God, we ought to offer him righteous worship. Amen. Why? Because he's king of kings and lord of lords, because he's Alpha and Omega, because he's the beginning. And the end, and today, if we can get it in our minds and get it in our hearts, who it is that we worship, I will tell you today, it will revolutionize who you are. Amen. I want to tell us all today, we didn't come in here to worship Bob. Uh, we didn't come in here to worship Billy Bob or, or Mary or Susie. Amen. We didn't come in here to worship Henry. We came to worship Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I don't know about you, but I've come into this place to worship him. I've come to praise him. I've come to glorify him. Why? Because he is King of kings and Lord of lords. God, thou shalt make me an art of shite of wood. God is being very specific here concerning his dwelling place. I believe that God is very specific concerning us, who we are, how, how we ought to act, how we ought to obey, how we ought to live. Amen. And why? Because it's a pattern. Everyone say pattern. 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 And they shall overlay it with pure gold within and without. Thou shalt overlay it And thou shalt make a crown of gold upon it round about. Why a crown of gold around about the ark? Because the ark is a pattern by the Kevin of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you want to know why the ark of the covenant had a crown on it? Because it was a pattern of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. When they looked at that ark, they could recognize this is the dwelling place of God? My, I wasn't intending to go here today, but I believe when people look on us, they ought to know beyond the shadow of a doubt they got the goods. They got the righteousness of Christ. They've got a holy living style. They got a holy walk. They have a holy attitude. Oh, come on! You ought to be on your feet today, worshiping the holiness of God. Amen. Today, if we can understand who it is that we worship, you won't give Him some slipside halfway worship. you praise him according to the excellency of his greatness. How great is he? My. When you get hold of this thing, it'll change the way you act. It'll change the way you live. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you dress. It'll change the way you think. It'll change everything about you. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 16, the Bible says, And They shall put into the ark of the testimony, which I shall give unto thee. And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length and the breadth and the cubit. And other half breadth thereof. In other words, Amen. On top of that led, on top of that Ark of Covenant, there was a lid, and that lid was the mercy seat of God. Yes. Everyone say mercy. 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 mercy is important. Because I want you to know that God, being merciful, has had mercy on us. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh my. Amen. Let me teach for a little while. Amen. And we, being made in the image and the pattern of Christ, ought to be merciful one to another. Oh, my. We ought to be merciful. You know, the Bible tells us, amen, that there was a a man that owed a debt to another man. Amen. And the man that he owed the debt to, he called the debt in. And the man that owed the debt, he came humbly. He came scared. I mean, he came petrified because he knew the authority of the man that called the debt in. And when he got there, he told him, he said, I don't have the money. I don't have that, that debt that I, I, I need to pay you. And and the Bible said that the good master forgave him. And then the The other individual we find, amen, was gathering money to pay and he had a servant, amen, and he had him thrown into prison because he didn't have the money. In other words, the one that was extended mercy showed no mercy to somebody else and God took out that upon him which was due him which was unmerciful. Well, I hope today I'm teaching you a lesson. I want you to know if you want God to be merciful in your life, you've got to learn to be merciful to everybody else. To the saints, to the sinners, to the debtors, to the hurting, to the wounded, to the tired. Amen. You owe a debt. I feel like preaching today. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Paul said I'm a debtor both to the Jew, the Greek, to the barbarian. He said I owe them something. Amen. I don't owe them money. I don't owe them other monetary things. He said, I owe them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're debtors unto people. He said, thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length be. Amen. And, 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 and they shalt make two cherubims of gold beaten with work. Shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat and make one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end even on the mercy seat. Does everyone remember the pattern? Amen. The pattern. He said this is the pattern. Amen. What's the pattern for? It's the pattern for heaven. Amen. Heaven is the pattern of the mercy seat. Amen. There are angels in heaven that are looking at one another. Amen. In their wings, the Bible said. Amen. In Exodus and Leviticus, that The wings are touching wings. In other words, the glory of one angel touches the glory of the other angel. Amen. Even as they shout holy, holy, holy unto the Lord God Almighty. Amen. And they stare at one another as they make that proclamation in heaven. Amen. I I don't mean to go back to this, but I can't help from it. I want us to understand that you and I have been baptized with something greater than us. You and I have been given the very gift of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something, whether you and I understand it or not today, we are keepers of the glory. Amen. We hold that which is holy and righteous. Oh my, I believe today that we ought to make a proclamation of God everywhere we go. Not just the house of God but everywhere. I believe that we walk in the city, people ought to say there's something about that guy. I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. I checked out at the station yesterday. As a matter of fact, I had my own work going on and doing some different things. There was a young lady that looked at me all of my nastiness and all of the dirt and all of the drywall mud and all of the messed up hair she looked at me she said there's something different about you him, Lord. I said oh there is she said yeah she said you're a preacher Come on. I said yes ma'am I am and then I began to tell her about the Lord yeah. Amen. let me tell us today There ought to be something peculiar about us. Amen. I'm not just talking about dress, and I am meaning dress, but I'm talking about the rest of us. Amen. We, We, Sister Carla, we ought to be keepers of the glory of God that when people would see us, they would recognize us. There's something different about you. Amen. I, I believe today that when when we have what's on the inside and it's real and it's good and it's perfect, I believe today, amen, that it cannot be hidden from the world. The Bible said that we are a city set upon a hill. Amen. We are a light unto the people. Did you know that? Amen. Not for ourselves, but for the glory of God. Amen. We are keepers of the glory of God. Amen. What do I mean? I I mean something ought to glow in us. Something ought to be wonderful in us. Something ought to be powerful in us. That when people would see who we are, it causes them to react accordingly. Amen. Now let me tell us today, I've met others from the dark side. Is that all right? Amen. I've met some devil-possessed people, Brother Nick. Amen. I'll never forget that I met one in particular that glared at me, and I knew and they knew. There was no doubt there was a vast difference between us. And I'll never forget what they said. That old spirit said, I know you. I said, I know you too. on, Let me tell you today, every devil in hell ought to know who you are. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you today. If you've got the Holy Ghost down in your soul, just like the Bible said, the devils in hell ought to know who you are. Jesus I know, Paul I know, Brother Nick Talsman I know, Brother Ronnie Todd I know, Brother Kevin Cummins I know, it ought to be something that is in us. Make one cherub on one end, the other cherub on the other end, even as the mercy seat shout you make the cherubims of the two ends thereof. And the cherubim shall, that shall stretch forth their wings on, on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one toward another. In other words, they were hiding their faces, but they were looking one towards another. Amen. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. Amen. Brother Chris preached a beautiful message. Amen. Get your eyes off the 99 and start looking for the one. But let me tell you, we ought also ought, ought to look towards the hills from whenceforth cometh our help. Amen. Let me tell you today, our eyes ought to be riveted on God. Our minds ought to be riveted on Christ. Amen. Our ideas and ideals ought to be riveted on the God of glory. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Amen. I don't know about you, but yesterday evening, amen, my wife and I had some running to do. I looked in the distance, and I saw the black as it began to roll in, and I I began to call my kids and make sure they were in a good place because I knew that the storm was coming. Amen. Why? Because the sign, amen, showed what was happening. Amen. I looked up and I saw what was transpiring. Let me tell everybody Jesus is coming. Let me tell you today Jesus is coming. You need to get your eyes off of people and get them on God. You ought to recognize and understand unless you're ready, you ain't going to make the rapture and you need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, you ought to be repentant of your sin. And if it happened a hundred years ago, you ought to be doing it today. A lot of people want to tell me who they used to be. The devil can do that. Did you know that? Who are you today? What are you doing today? How was your trip to the altar today? Hallelujah. 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 The angels, the cherubim stretch forth their wings. And thou shalt put the mercy seat. Everyone say mercy. Mercy. Thank God for mercy. Thou shalt put the mercy seat above the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. Amen. The ten commandments were to be put in the ark. Amen. In verse 31 the Lord said and thou shalt make a veil of blue. And purple. I love that we went where we went this morning. Amen. Because God spoke this message into my heart about four days ago. And today I got some confirmation of the message. In verse 31, the Lord said, thou shalt make a veil. Everybody say veil. Amen. amen. Now let me tell us today, we, amen, ladies used to wear a veil. Some do, some don't. Amen. And on the wedding day, the veil. To reveal the bride. Amen. Let me tell us today. Why is that? Because we understand, amen, that behind the veil is the glory. Amen. Today I want us to understand, amen, that behind the veil was the very glory of God. When you got past the tarp, uh, when you got past the cherubims, uh, when you got past the table of showbread, uh, when you got past the altar of incense, uh, when you got past the altar of burnt offering, when you got past the labor, let me tell you, by beyond the veil was the glory of God oh let me tell us today you can walk in the house but unless you get past the veil you just went to church but when you get beyond the veil the glory of God is loose and set free in your life when you get beyond the veil miracles and signs and wonders when you get beyond the veil God speaks and the glory is seen beyond the veil hallelujah Amen, there's a lot of us. Uh, I ain't got enough time today to preach. Everything needs to be preached. Amen, when you walked into the tabernacle, that was the bloody place. That's where the the oxen were slain. The lambs were slain. Come on. But if you got past all of that, was the glory. There's too many people that want to live in the bloody place. Come on, preach it. You want to live in the bloody place. Amen. I in the bloody place. You're looking at bloody things. You're looking at this. You're looking at that. You're looking at everything. Amen. I get your eyes off the blood. Get them on the on Christ Jesus. Get them on the glory of God. Because when you get past all of that, get out of the bloody place. Repent of your sins get out of the bloody place and get in touch with the glory of God you want to know why some struggle in worship because you're laden with sin you want to know why some struggle in lifting your hands to God because they are bogged down with sin I'm here to tell you today I don't have any wonder at somebody that struggles worshiping God why because they are laden with things hallelujah hallelujah he said thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the holy place and this he said and there I will meet with thee and I will commune with thee above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony today I could tell us this morning that not everybody was qualified to approach the mercy seat that remained hidden behind the veil in the holy of holies. As a matter of fact, the priesthood—they didn't just—they didn't just go up in there. Amen. As a matter of fact, it took the high priest very carefully to go in there. Now, amen. There is still a question as to how the high priest got in there because the veil was from one end to another. I believe the Bible doesn't say. Amen. This is Philip Cook, chapter one, verse three. I believe that the veil, beyond the veil was the glory. Well, how do we get the glory of God? Amen. We get it when God transports us by the filling or the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You want to know how I believe the priest or the high priest got beyond the veil? Amen. Was through the power, Brother Gregory, of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Of the Holy God that we serve. I believe the presence of God, amen, sat upon that priest and God took him into a place. Wow. Preach it. Preach it. Good. Good. Not everybody was qualified to approach. The mercy seat. Amen. But only the high priest once a year could go beyond the veil. And there he would sprinkle seven times the blood of the sin sacrifice. Amen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The mercy seat. Amen. As you and I know it, it stayed beyond the veil. Amen. It was out of sight. You didn't walk down the street and see the mercy seat. on. You didn't even walk in the church and find the mercy seat or see the mercy seat. You didn't even go into the holy place and see the mercy seat. The mercy seat was in the holy of holies. And I want to tell us today, I didn't come here today to teach us worship, but I could. Amen. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. The gates of what? The gates of the tabernacle. How do we come into the church? We come into the church with thanksgiving and praise. So many times people will say, you know, I struggled feeling the presence of God today. Amen. Let me tell you today, you didn't enter the right way. I don't care if there was five people in here. I don't care if somebody hit a wrong note on an organ I don't care if, if, if the, the singer got it wrong. I, I, I don't care if something wasn't right. Let me tell you why. Because I entered into the gates, amen, with thanksgiving and praise. And I believe today when you walk through that door, if you walk right, you're going to come into the house with thanksgiving and praise. Why do we start out with prayer? Because I'm going to give him an offering, first of all, of thanksgiving and praise. Why does the Holy Ghost move and pray? temple apostolic church because we come in the house with thanksgiving and praise hallelujah and then we go about it right we go to the bloody place come to the altars hey amen let me tell you something most of the time four thirty, five 5 in the morning Oh, Philip Cook's repenting of his sin. Did you know that that early in the morning? Amen. And did you know when I get here again, God, I need you to check me out. I need you to look on the inside of me because I don't want to step into that pulpit. Amen. With ought against you. Amen. I I ought against me. I I, I want to be right. I, I want to be holy. Why? Because I respect the office. Amen. That is behind this pulpit. And let me tell you something. Every one of us ought to respect that. Every one of us ought to love yourselves enough. Amen. That when you come to an altar, you repent of your sins. And what do you do? Amen. You wash. The Bible said with a laver. And then you get into the holy place. That's the next stage. Inside the holy place. Amen. Is an altar of incense. What is that? That is worship. That is praise. That is glorifying God. If you're going to get into the holy of holies. You've got to worship him. If you're going to get into the glory of God. You've got to magnify him. Inside of that holy place. You're going to find a table of showbread. On that table of showbread Was the bread. Oh, what's that? That's the word of God. I want to tell us today, i got to have the word of God. I've got to have it preached to me. I've got to have it lived in me. i got to have it abiding in me. Amen. Let me tell us today, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. Hallelujah. if we can understand, amen, the mercy that was hidden beyond the veil and what has transpired. Today, that's when I preach this for a few moments. In Joshua chapter 7, amen, in consideration of that mercy seat that was hidden in the Holy of Holies. In Joshua chapter 7, the Bible said that God commanded Israel to completely destroy the city of Ai. And everything in it, that was their job, was to destroy everything. There's so many preaching points in here, I can't even get to the end of all of this. Amen. Let me tell us today. He told them, he said, you need to destroy everything, every rotten thing in that city. But the Bible said that Achan found a wedge of gold and silver and a Babylonian garment that he had hid in his tent. Amen. Let me tell you today. Unless you destroy the works of sin through the blood of Jesus Christ, those works will destroy you. There's too many people today, amen, that, that want to have a lot of God and a little sin. It won't work. If you want the glory of God, you've got to get rid of all of the wretched, nasty sin that abides in your flesh. And if you can't get beyond the place of sin, you will never get into the holy of holies. About a week ago, I was led to a gentleman Amen. That was suffering the repercussion of sin. Trying to lead that gentleman to the Lord. And I want you to know that God checked my spirit. In the middle of that. And I looked at that man. And I said. I said I want you to understand. I said we're not getting anywhere. Until you repent of your sins. I want everybody to understand. You're not going to get the Holy Ghost. till you repent of your sins. Right. Right. Amen. And, and let me even say this. Unless you repent of your sins. When you go down in the water, you'll come up a wet sinner. Preach it. Preach it. Yes, sir. Amen. We've got to get rid of the works of the flesh that abide in us. Why? Because if we don't get rid of those works, Brother Danny, they will destroy us. Amen. Amen. You can look in the Word and find that Saul one time was commanded to kill Uh, Agag who was an Amalekite and he was commanded to kill him. Why? Because the Amalekites attacked Israel when they were crossing through the wilderness of sin into Canaan's land. And we find that that Saul spared Agag. God commanded the king to kill him. And when Saul got there uh, 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 or or, or when the, the prophet got there Samuel Samuel said, why do I hear the bleeding of sheep? And he said, well, we gather these things up. We're going to make a sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, my, let me tell you something. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That is what Samuel said to Saul. That's right. Obedience is better than your sacrifice. Come on. And then when he drew upon that, amen, the, the, the old prophet Samuel wind up slaying a man that ought to have been slain by the king. And let me tell us today. Amen. The, the prophet ought not have blood on his hands. The king should have been the one that had blood on his hands. That's a Bible study in itself. What happened at the end of old King Saul's life? Amen. There was an Agagite. There was an Amalekite. Amen. That wound up slaying King Saul. Let me tell you something. Some of you are toying with things in your life. And if you don't get rid of them, let me tell you, those things will rise up and they will slay you dead as a hammer. Is that all right? I know we don't run the aisles to that, but we got to understand, we got to clean our life and lifestyle up. We got to reexamine our life every day. Amen. We've got to look on the inside where can't nobody else see but the Lord. Oh, we want to flaunt it outside. But let me tell you something. You've got to get it right on the inside before you get it right on the outside. Amen. The Bible said God commanded Israel to destroy the city and everything in it. But Achan found a wedge of gold and silver Babylonian garment that he hid in his heart. Amen. Now it's hard for this preacher to fathom what happened next in Scripture. And I want you to know that even in much Scripture, there is much that is hard even to believe as you read it. Amen. In the next uh, uh, portion of Scripture, we see, amen, the act of justice carried out, amen, on this man and his family. I want you to understand the, the price of sin. Scripture tells us, And Joshua took the gold, and he took the silver, and he took the garment. Along with Achan, his sons, everybody say his sons. His sons, his his daughters, everybody say daughters. daughters. I'm assuming his wife was right there with him. His oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all they had. And they brought them all to the valley of Acre. They patted everybody on the back and they said, Well, you did the best you could do. And it's understanding because you had a great temptation in front of them. No, sir. You're going to find in the valley of Acre that Joshua commanded the children of Israel and they stoned Achan. They slew his sons, they slew his daughters. They slew the sheep. They slew the oxen. They slew everything. And let me tell us all, his entire family suffered because the cost of sin. My, my, my. Let me tell you what sin will do in your life. It won't just take your life. It will wreck your family's life. Oh, my, I want us to understand today, amen, you can't play with sin. If David, as mighty of a man as he was, amen, when he toyed with sin, I want us to understand that it literally wrecked his family. Amen. You've got to understand what sin will do in your life. It'll wreck everything about you. Amen. Uh, if we could see this today, Amen. We find that that they were all slain; that they, they were all stoned. Let me tell us this today: sin destroys everything that it touches. And today, in this Western world that we live in, in this ideological, uh, uh, in this idea of, of who we are and the mercy of God, you know, we we want to draw upon the mercy of God and I'm thankful for it but I want you to know that there's something called the justice of God. Right. 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 We don't preach about it very much. But we find in the word of God here that this man lost everything that he had. Amen. Lost his life, lost his wife, lost his children, lost his sons, lost his daughters, lost his oxen, lost his sheep, lost everything. Amen. Hear me today. There was no mercy for Achan in the Valley of Acre. There was no mercy for his family, his sons, and his daughters. Why? Because the mercy seat was beyond the veil. And today if we could understand, I believe what was happening on that day. Amen. I understand that the justice of God demanded that Achan died. The justice of God demanded that sin died. Amen. But there was a mercy seat just beyond the veil that would grant someone mercy if a high priest sprinkled upon it blood. And I believe on that day that if mercy or the entity of mercy could have got beyond the veil, that mercy itself would have cried out and said, please, don't kill him." Please don't destroy them. Please don't wreck them. Why? Because that's what mercy does. It's the unmerited favor of God when it's not deserved. Where would you be without the mercy of God in your life? Come on. How many of you would be sitting in the house of God today if it wasn't for mercy? Come on. Let me go a little bit further. We're all familiar with the commandment given with promise. Exodus 20 and 12 says this. Honor thy father and mother that thy days may be long upon the land. We love that, don't we? Honor thy father and mother that thy days may be long upon the land. Let me give you the flip side of that. We, We don't talk about that very much. Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21 says this. If a man has a stubborn or rebellious child that will not obey the voice of their mother, and and though thy discipline they will not listen to them, then his father and mother shall bring them to the elders of the city, and the men of that city shall stone them with stones. Thank God I don't live then, or I didn't live then. Thank God you didn't live then. Why? Because the word of God, the truth of God, the law of God demanded the penalty for sin. Amen. And that without mercy, that had to be followed to the extent that if you will study this, that if the parent had a child like that and they did not bring them, then the parent was to answer for the works of the child. Everyone say, well, that's hard, that's harsh, that's law. That's what the law of God said. That's what the word of God says. And and in my heart of hearts, I mean, I, I, I can't fathom the agony of parents. Could you imagine bringing your child to the elders of the city and saying, well, here they are. I've done all I can do with them. They won't listen to me. They won't obey me. They're yours. And the Bible said that the elders were commanded to begin to throw stones at them and stone them to death. Let me tell us today, thank God we didn't live back then. Because if we could imagine, as a parent looking on, trying to grasp a last look at our child. And I know this is harsh today, but I want us to understand we will never fully understand mercy until we understand law. Law demanded that you bring that child before the elders of the city and as you looked on, they would heap unto themselves stones and they would begin to throw rocks and it would tear them and it would rip them and blood would flow from their body and I would imagine they would scream, can't you save me mom? Come on, Come on. Preach it. Come on, Today if you could understand the far reaching of sin And what transpires? Could you imagine looking at your child being stoned to death, and you can't touch them, you can't get to them, you can't wrap your arms around them, you can't save them? I can't fathom that. I I can't put into thought, Amen, how that would be watching that process. Because even at the end of the process, their grave would be the stones that were heaped upon them. And every time they walked out of the city, this tore me up as I began to study. Every time they walked out of the city, they would stare at those heap of stones. To be reminded of the rebelliousness inside of an individual that refused to listen to the words of God. And the whole time this was going on, mercy is behind a veil saying, oh, if I could just get out of here. I would go to that child that had failed. I would go to that individual that had messed up. I I would go to them and I would... I would wrap my arms around them. And I, I would take the beating for them. And I, I, I would remove the hurt and the pain from them. Amen. I, I believed that mercy was just beyond the veil. And it was pleading. Oh, if I could just get to them. I would save them. I, 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 would, I would do everything I could. Amen. To, to get them. Amen. from this choice that they had made in their life. I want us to understand. I'm not just talking to young folks. I'm talking to adults in this place. I can't fathom that. In Deuteronomy chapter 23, (coughs) the Bible tells us that anyone with an infirmity couldn't enter into the congregation of the Lord. Could you imagine those that were crippled and lame, halt, blind? You know, we, we talk about the man at the gate that was lame from his youth. You don't want to know why he was laid at the gate beautiful? Because Brother Kevin, he didn't qualify to go into the court. And he could only go to the gate. But Peter and John, the Bible later goes on sensing that he had enough faith to be healed. Looked on him. And he looked on them expecting to receive Something from them. And the Bible said. They said gold and silver have I none. But such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up. And they got him by the hand. And that man was healed. Could you Imagine. Amen, a lame man sitting at the gate and all of a sudden a man that didn't know how to walk, a man that didn't know how to crawl, a man that didn't know the goodness and the mercy of God. Amen all of a sudden, the mercy of God was dumped in his life. Amen, let me tell us today that's what happened to you. That's why you're here. That's why you're in the house of God today. That's what God is working. this, even an illegitimate son or daughter could not gather with the saints, even to the tenth generation. How about that? Because of something great, 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 great great granddaddy did. I can't go into the house of God. You're talking about somebody being raised with bitter thoughts in them. I wasn't qualified to go to the house of God. Amen. Could you imagine? I, I couldn't imagine in my, in my hurt times or my wounded times or in my worship times being banned from the house of God. Could you imagine that? I, I thought about this morning. I thought, my God, what would it be like to be told you can't come here? It, mercy is this where you find mercy. Even my children may have done nothing. Unable to have a relationship with God because one of my mistakes or my grandfather's mistakes. And then mercy hidden in the holy place. Unable to reach the guilty because of a veil and the holiness of God was pleading. Oh, if I could get out of this place, I would rescue the innocent. If I could get out of this place, I'd comfort and heal all those with infirmities in their life. You can go down the list, get into Deuteronomy, amen, and you're gonna find out that sexual immorality. The law demanded the guilty of a single or multiple mistakes. It didn't matter. There was no room for mercy. You had to be taken beyond the walls of the city. And one by one as the stones were thrown. Bones were broken. Flesh was bruised and torn. Until the final stone took your life. Amen. you were to be buried beneath the pile of stones. That were used to slay you. And mercy itself could not get to you to rescue you. Mercy was saying if I could get beyond the veil I would save, I'd salvage I'd change the situation I'd reach to the repentant soul I would grant to them life I wonder how many today wouldn't be here. How many wouldn't be here? Hey Amen. I, I, I've, I've been with the men. I've heard the men talk about a past life before you came to the Lord. Let me ask you today, would you be here? Would you be in the house of God? I wonder how many of the elders today, amen, our precious, Holy Ghost-filled elders. I I, I wonder today if we were to look. and and examine past lives and lifestyles. How many of us, Brother Danny, would qualify for the house of God if we used the truth and the law, amen, and the doctrine of God, amen, that abided in the Old Testament? How many could darken the doors of the congregation? How many of us would be here to worship the Lord and to praise Him? Oh my, today, I I want us to understand mercy and the cost of mercy and the price of mercy and the goodness of mercy and the The grace of mercy. I'm going to remind us all today. There's not a single individual in this house. That is not tainted with a black mark in your life. Let me go a little bit further. Since you prayed through to the Holy Ghost. There's not a single individual in here that is not tainted with a black mark in your life. Is is that all right? I'm just telling the truth today. Every one of us, every one of us, if we had lived in Old Testament days, now you understand the goodness of God upon a Gentile people. Thank God for the house of Cornelius but thank God there came a day thank God for a savior named Jesus thank God for a redeemer that drug an old rugged cross up a hill thank God that he took upon him my sins thank God that taken upon him was my judgment. Amen. He, he, he did what I couldn't do. He suffered what I couldn't pay. Today if we could understand that Jesus. Amen. He paid it all. Amen. He fulfilled Isaiah 53. I quote this in prayer. Continually, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Amen. Mine and your transgressions were nailed with him to the cross of Calvary. And after he cried, it is finished. Oh, today if we can understand. Of God and the grace of God. Oh, how we had behaved differently in the house of God. Woo! You wouldn't have a bad day of worship if you were reminded that morning that if it were not for the grace of God, you wouldn't be in the house of God. After he cried, it is finished, he gave up the ghost. And Matthew 27 tells us, the sky turned dark, the earth began to quake, the rocks rent, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And mercy that was hid for thousands of years behind the old veil, said, now I can get to them. Now I can wrap my arms around them. Now I can love them. Now I can hold them. Now I can save them. Now, oh my God, I want you to know we're living today in a generation of mercy. Mercy. Mercy stepped out from behind the veil. Stepped out. And the scripture. Was fulfilled in Psalms. Mercy. And truth. Are met together. Righteousness. And peace. Brother Kevin. Have kissed each other. On that day. When Jesus died. Stand with me. On that day. That Jesus gave up the ghost. On that day. Oh my God. On that day. I I want you to hear me. Amen. He was wounded in seven places. You want to know why? Because upon the mercy seat. Had to be sprinkled brother Bennett seven times. The sin offering. And it was incomplete without seven sprinkles. And we find the head. The back, the hands, the feet, the side. When you add them up, they come to seven sprinklings upon the altar of mercy. And the mercy seat was made complete by the high priest that became the Lamb of God. And mercy stepped out from behind the veil and said, here I am to save you. You want to know want to know why I don't care what you think about me when I worship because you don't know what God brought me from come on. Come on. oh my I was unworthy to live in this place I was unworthy to come to the house of God brother Donnie I was lost I was undone I was I was doomed for a devil's hell but God in his mercy said I'm gonna I'm gonna intervene I'm gonna save it you're always the example you're just easy to reach mercy said this one today I want us to understand that if it were not for the mercy of God brother Nathan you and I would be lost if it were not brother Kevin for the mercy of God I don't know about you but I misbehaved when I was a kid brother Danny I got caught up in some things but the mercy of God reached into my life. Why? Because of an old hillside called Mount Calvary. Because of a Savior that wounded was wounded and died for me on Mount Calvary. And Romans 5 tells us this. "Or scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man will one die? He said, but God commendeth his love towards us in that yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. I was due the penalty of sin. I was due no mercy. I was due no grace. But God out of his infinite mercy. said I'm going to let Philip Cook be born now. That I can reach my arms around him. And I can love him. And I can save him. Scripture goes on to say much more. Then being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from his wrath. Through him to the price paid on Mount Calvary I can worship him freely Brother Bogle I can magnify the Lord I can bless him I can exalt him I can act silly in my worship because he's been good to me and he didn't take out upon me his wrath that I deserved some would say why would a just God send anybody to hell let me tell you something Men send themselves to hell. God, out of His goodness, has offered a hand of mercy and said, you don't have to go there. My question today to all of us would be this. How thankful are you for His mercy? How thankful are you for his grace. How thankful are you for all that God has done in your life? How thankful are you? Because you must understand that if you did not know him and you close your eyes in death, that on the other side of that sleep, there's a hell waiting for you. But you don't have to go there. Because mercy stepped out and said, here I am, here I am, here I am. I wonder today in this place how many would make their way to an altar and just say, Lord, I want to thank you today for your mercy. I want to thank you today for your grace. I want to thank you, Lord, because I know if it were not for you, I would be lost. If it were not for you, I would be undone. Oh, hallelujah.